0: Hello and welcome to the Legacy of Generosity podcast, developed by the Leave a Legacy Committee of the Minnesota Gift Planning Association. We are a group of fundraising professionals here to grow and learn with you, our listeners. Twice a month, our co-hosts are joined by a special guest to talk about all things related to being a stronger fundraiser and nonprofit leader. A huge thank you to our sponsors, the Minnesota Initiative Foundations, for making this show possible. Now, without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Here are your hosts. All right, welcome to the Legacy of Generosity podcast. We're so glad to have you with us today. And I'm real excited about this episode. We're going to be talking about cryptocurrency and kind of a cryptocurrency 101. So I hope everyone listening in is going to find all this information really useful. I find this topic fascinating myself, and I'm excited to learn more from our guests. Let me introduce these guys uh, quickly. And I should introduce myself. I'm Carl Newbanks. I'm your host of the Legacy of Generosity Podcast today with me. I have Dan Kramer, a financial strategist with Dan Kramer Inc. Happy to have you with us, Dan. And we have Chase Larson, chief, chief lending officer with St. Cloud Financial Credit Union, and owner Blockchain Investments LLC. Uh, Chase also serves on the Minnesota Crypto Council, and uh, so we're happy to have both of you guys with us today. Like I said, really interested in this topic. Lots of information flying around lots of great questions but i thought we'd just start you guys just give us a little more intro and and bio about yourselves before we jump into this topic uh so dan you want to lead us off with a little bit about yourself
1: yeah well I, i'm i'm grateful to be here um and i'm i'm grateful that chase is here as well as we as we spoke last time i'll 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 uh, talk more about how i got into crypto but chase is a big big part of that um one of two or three people that introduced me to it so he's uh He'll he'll have all the knowledge and the details that I hope uh, you guys can take away. But um, back, you know how basically my story, you know, live up in Saint Cloud here, um, was a physical therapist. Got interested in business and finance. Transitioned into my own business in the financial world, and now I help clients in personal finance. And um, within the last two three years, got got into crypto. Also got into real estate investing, and um, yeah, now I walk people through a financial process and just teach them how to get more control. And, you know, got to throw the disclaimer out there. Anything I say today is for educational purposes only. (laughs) And of course, (laughs) uh, you know, and, and I'm sure everybody knows that, but uh, do your own research, but happy to help any way I can. If uh, anything I say you want to follow up, I'm sure Carl can share out my info and um, yeah, happy to be here.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Dan.
2: Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Carl. Uh, As Carl mentioned, Chase Larson, Chief Lending Officer, St. Cloud Financial Credit Union. Um, My journey into crypto really began um, in mid-2016. I always tell people I was uh, naive enough to get in and smart enough to stay in, because frankly, when I got into crypto, I did not know what I was investing in at the time. Um, And, you know, I... I invested uh at the time Bitcoin was nine hundred dollars um ethereum was five dollars. I wrote it up uh eleven months later. Ethereum was eleven hundred or thirteen hundred a share and then I wrote it all the way back down um and that event really caused me to dig in and and educate myself and through that started educating others on cryptocurrency and blockchain um We definitely will not cover all of it in, in, in our time today, it, uh, it's a lot to unpack. Um, and especially with the technology and a movement that I think is going to have, uh, an impact as big as, if not bigger than the internet did, uh, on our society.
0: Oh, interesting. Right. Yeah. Guys, thanks for joining us. And, and like I said, I, I find so much interest in, in this topic. I, there's, and you guys, uh, I yeah, should tell our listeners, some kind of local knowledge keepers of crypto here in the area. We all kind of live in the same general area here in the general St. Cloud region. And and uh, you guys are folks that people often look to to say, just help me understand a little bit more, you know, and help me make sense of this. So, so thanks for joining us. We, with that, if we just jump right in, I thought I would start with a question just, you know, asking you guys, to talk to me about some of the key terms, the things, the words I hear being thrown around about cryptocurrency? What are they? What do they mean? Can they, can they be understood?
1: Chase, I'll let you just tackle this from the get go and If there's <laughs> any holes that I can fill, I will throw in there. Um, but I would say from my standpoint, I, I really try to take complex and make it simple. And I would say Chase is much more knowledgeable on the complex. So if if I'm listening and and from my standpoint I'm going, yeah Chase that's all really good info but maybe we should dial it in a little so it's easier to understand. Sure. I'll, I'll throw in at the end a little bit, um, but I, I would say it comes up from the financial professional side. I think ninety percent or more of people are interested. I honestly do, and I think eighty percent of people are are scared to the point where you know mm. it's it's kind of that it tells you a lot about that person. And, and i I'll just say it, it is so new. um. That's why I'm interested. I'm going, you know, as a fiduciary, as a, as having that responsibility to educate people, you know, some people in the, my industry go, Hey, it's so new and unregulated. Stay away from it. Don't touch it with a 10 foot pole. Mm-hmm. I come from like, dude, if this is the future, right. And not to get into politics and, and inflation and all this stuff so much, but I come from like they're printing money so much so fast that at some point, some other country or person might go, hey, this dollar isn't really valuable anymore. Let's uh, let's not use it. Right. So Hmm. from a macro standpoint, I just think crypto might be one of those, you know, alternate currencies that we use. So I need to do my part to learn as much as I can and and you know, give people the information. Now with that unregulated piece, I don't tell anybody to buy anything. I just share stories about what I do and the little bit I know. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I do think nine out of 10 people are really interested in it. But at the same time, I would never advise somebody to invest money. They need to pay their bills next month because it's very volatile. So right. with Absolutely. that, I'll kick her, over to, kick her over to Chase for some more of the details.
2: Yeah, I think I think the the three common themes are the you know if we're talking terms or basics of, of cryptocurrency and blockchain, first is what is a blockchain, right? And we all use uh blockchain is just a, a fancy word for ledger, really. It's it's a it's a string of transactions stored in a block that can't be changed, right? So a good example is I walk into the credit union and withdraw money out of my account, a ledger transaction occurs, right? On the blockchain, the same thing is happening, but the ledger is recording not just movement or, or credits and debits. It's recording, uh, it could be recording a uh, title to a piece of real estate. It could be recording a financial contract on top of it, or it could be recording me sending one Bitcoin to Carl, which Carl would be very happy if I sent him approximately $18,000 out of the blue. But (laughs) um, with a blockchain, every blockchain has a cryptocurrency. So you, you have the Bitcoin blockchain, the Ethereum blockchain, et cetera, et cetera. And then with each blockchain, there's a coin. So Bitcoin, Ethereum. And that currency, it started out at the basic level where that currency was used to pay the miner. So Everybody's heard, or maybe not everybody, a lot of people have heard the term Bitcoin miner and they're mm-hmm. like, what are they mining? I don't, I don't understand it. Replace the word miner with server. All that person is doing is running a decentralized server, securing that network. That's all that's happening. And so I think the Ethereum blockchain today has 6,000 approximately servers or miners spread out across the globe, and that's where the value lies, right? Um, You hear about Equifax data breach or target data breach, it's a central point of failure or central server. Uh, The Ethereum network has multiple servers or miners spread out across the world. Um, That that in lies the value when it comes to the blockchain. Um, Bitcoin launched approximately in 2008, 2009, it was the first cryptocurrency uh, or transfer of value. Ethereum launched in 2015 and with that, I think today there's currently 19,000 and counting cryptocurrencies that are built on top of the Ethereum blockchain. Um, and so I think the, the biggest the biggest uh, confusion I get is the word miner and again, all it is is somebody securing a network or a decentralized server and then Cryptocurrency, a lot of people, the word currency in cryptocurrency, they think it's trying to replace the dollar. A lot of them are not trying to be alternate currencies. It's called currency because that currency is used to facilitate transactions on the underlying network or the underlying blockchain. Hmm. Um, I would say Ethereum can, or Bitcoin can be compared to digital, to gold. A lot of people say Bitcoin is digital gold. And the reason being is there's a fixed supply of Bitcoin that they, they will never cross uh, which is 20 I believe it's 21 million and then ethereum has been likened to web 3.0 or or than the internet of value um, because it it brought in the advent of smart contracts or the ability to build on top of the blockchain or the network and it's trying to be more of a of a network versus a, a a, a store of value like Bitcoin is. Hmm. Dan, you want to break down anything I said? <laughs> I I, we've been doing this long enough together, where uh, we've presented on other other topics. So,
1: well, I I, I just want to throw out what bump, what jumped out at me. You kind of said it's never looked at, and maybe this is is kind of the wrong way to look at it, but that it could replace the dollar, and and. I thought that was interesting. I'll just throw that out. And then I would also say, you 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 said there, maybe in our little presentation we gave a few a month back or whatever, there's like 21,000 coins out there too. So I just wanted to speak to the volatility, right? Like when Chase is saying Bitcoin and Ethereum, that's a coin. And we just said there's like 21,000 coins. These things are created. I mean, there's, you know, I always envision like the, you know, the college kid in his pajamas just geeking out in, in the basement and he makes a coin. So a lot of these will never come to anything and a lot of sure. them are going to go away. So I almost liken it to like, if you're a, a stock market investor, right, there's like the big stable blue chip companies. And then there's a lot of these startups and smaller ones too. So, it, you know, to minimize your risk for me, I, you know, I try to stick 90% or more with kind of the bitcoin and the ethereum and maybe two or three other ones that have a lot of usage and honestly in part of my research chase always gets a text message like hey what about this one i heard this or <laughs> someone brought this up what do you think right and so yeah i i i kind of i kind of use it as a game you know and and also try to learn as i go um but yeah yeah i I uh I don't know if I would add anything. I mean, I, it I've heard the same thing out of Chase's mouth probably 35 times now and it still doesn't fully make sense. So
0: <laughs> which I mean, is what everybody it, says about this, right? You know, it and it's it's interesting too. Sometimes I think and guys tell me if I'm wrong here, but I think with with some of this if people are approaching it saying, "Well, the goal, a lot of people do this with the goal to make money," You know, but again, it the goal isn't always, well, I'm going to do this and then translate it into dollars. Right. There's there's other uses for 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 these kinds of cryptocurrencies. It's not always about, oh, like the stock market. Well, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to translate it into dollars or X and Y. Right. There are other things we're trying to accomplish with cryptocurrency.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and to your point, Dan and, and Carl, about you know, hearing it 35 times or somebody tuning in it not making sense, I would tell somebody listening and I'd tell, Carl, Dan, I know you've seen the video, but Carl, I'd tell you, tell anyone listening and yourself, there's a video out on YouTube. Uh, it's uh, local news anchors talking about the internet in 1995. Um, uh. And you just, t- you type in 1995 interview news anchors talking about the internet and they're, they're talking about the app sign and what is it anyway and what is the internet and nobody's ever going to use it and they're super <laughs> confused right? right now look at us today um i think that that's exactly where we're at with cryptocurrency um you have institutions all over the world from l- the largest banks to uh endowment funds pension funds um tesla amazon they're all starting to invest and integrate um i think as humans, it's hard for us sometimes to see around the corner, um, but I think five years from now, we'll look back and say, wow, we didn't see that coming with cryptocurrency and blockchain.
1: Right. right. And, and I would just, I, w- I would, I would piggy bank, piggyback off of that, right? Like it's, um, it, it's not so much to my, like what I'm trying to change my mindset on too. It's not like we are replacing the dollar, but maybe replacing the usage right? You're replacing the, like, there's still going to be real estate. There's still going to be businesses. There's still going to be investing, but how does this technology fit into it? And and I know one of the terms you, you emailed me was NFTs, which Chase, Chase can fill in the details, but (laughs) what fascinates me is I buy and sell real estate all the time. I, you know, and Mm we, we set a closing at the title company and the title does a title search and then they find this abstract and then they transfer ownership and they record it. But Chase talked to that a little bit cuz that was we talked at one of our meetings about how literally this is going to potentially be able to be done in an instant, really cheap by using an NFT possibly. So fill in the holes there. What does that even mean? And that so that stuff fascinates me. It's like cool, yeah, we want to buy low and sell high. That is that's the reason I got into it. You know, let's make some money and learn the game. But fast forward like all the usages of how 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 does this play in, you know? So talk on that if you would.
2: Yeah, um, NFT just stands for non-fungible token. And, and really, I would say what an NFT is, is it's a unique serial number, right? And so if I produce 10 NFTs, each one of those NFTs has its own serial number and it can't be duplicated. No different than you have a parcel ID, for your home or a title for your home, and so um, a friend of mine owns multiple title companies, and he actually said there was a keynote speech by one of the largest under uh, reinsurance companies uh, for for title companies um, that the CEO was talking about the blockchain impacting real estate within the next three to five years. Uh, but I see a future where your house could be an NFT, no different than you have a parcel ID today. And the transaction is recorded on the public blockchain. And so counties, instead of having different uh, systems that you have to belong to, all counties could be, could have uh, access to the public blockchain hmm. where homes are NFTs and the transaction is recorded immediately. Everybody can view it because it's a public blockchain. Uh, it would speed up and eliminate a lot of uh, bottlenecking and cost in the deeding and, and transacting of ownership when it comes to real estate um about two years ago now they sold a um 24 million dollar commercial building that actually they tokenized the building and that's how you bought ownership in it was buying tokens too and so i could see real estate being tokenized in the future um but it's on the surface, if you know nothing about it and read headlines, to Dan's point, it's about buying and selling. And people are like, well, it doesn't have value and you're buying nothing. And and I would argue that a lot of investing today is on future as well. And, you know, as you're investing in things like Facebook and these other companies, On, on I would say you need to look at Metcalf's law in how you value crypto. And it's based on um, network. The network effect in user adoption um, and when you get beyond the surface level there is a lot of value in this network beyond cryptocurrency uh, speculating for sure 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 yeah
0: yeah that that it's an interesting idea you know the uh, uh, although I know this isn't completely accurate but you know if you talk to someone like you talk to my dad and he says well you know you, you know investing in Facebook a little and he says what well, Facebook doesn't their product doesn't exist? It's in a computer. It's a it's knowledge. It's network. It's connections, right? But how do you how do you really know you know the value of that? And some of that kind of circles back around to some of this you know thinking Absolutely. about it. In a lot of ways, we are investing in things that are, in my elementary understanding, a lot like NFTs. They're they're yeah. out there. Their value is based on something else, not not a dollar bill or gold in a you know a vault or something somewhere, which is. Really interesting. And do people now is are NFTs kind of uh, evolving to help? I thought part of this was like folks that produce stuff that only exists in a digital space, like digital artwork, graphic yeah. design, and you can't print it really and own it. So how do we? But yet, an artist might want to that art has value. So how do you demonstrate who owns it and how do you trade it and you know, etc. Is NFTs play into that space a little bit too? Am I right?
2: Yeah, and they're taking over, like, um, trading cards, right? So cards are getting uh, duplicated via an NFT. Um, you're having uh, Sandbox is one of the companies, and, and it's weird because you're seeing big, big-name companies like Visa and MasterCard buying up digital land inside of the metaverse, which is it goes right. back to NFTs as well. And so, yeah... Um, Think about um, um, trading I- anything you think of. So whether it be art or watches or playing cards or Pokemon cards, all this right. stuff is getting digitized via NFT as well.
0: Right? Yep. Yeah. This whole concept is is interesting. And even if I wanted to go a layer deeper and let everybody open the door into my own life a little bit, I don't know if you guys have kids, but my son plays Xbox. Right. Yeah. Well, he comes to me and he says, "Dad." Uh, he mowed the lawn, I gave him $20. Dad, I want to take my $20 and buy an Xbox card with it, a gift card. Why? Well, because I need to transfer those dollars into Xbox currency because I want to buy like this lightsaber for my avatar. And I'm like, you know, you're spending money on something that doesn't exist, (laughs) you know? Right. But to him, it is real. And in fact, they're talking about in the future where now, if you've got this lightsaber for your avatar, that that thing now becomes tradable, like yeah. th- that this is the future. Like, well, sure, I'll trade, you know. And so again, we've moved into this space where the currency becomes the thing. You know, the the saver has its own value, and then you've got gamer credits or this or that, and and the, the trading. And even it's interesting. It's it sounds like the stock market, the volatility of that. You know, my credits were worth this today, but tomorrow they're not because this happened or this game kind of lost its value no one plays it anymore so the credits there went down and i should have moved them over to the... it it's really really kind of a fascinating little sub world existing but it it's an interesting picture into uh it's somewhat related you know to this concept of, of it cryptocurrency well, it's, it's an well, interesting even, connection
1: even in that video game and i'm, I'm it's, it's escaping me mean, what's the one where you, you know you shoot each other and you drive around in the vehicles but anyway shoot. that's that was our game we played in in college. Well, that one too, but (laughs) uh, even, even so there, there, maybe it was a conversation with you chase or as a YouTuber or something I was watching, it was saying like, when you're driving through that video game, there's literally going to be like a Starbucks on the corner in the video game and you can buy real estate in that video game for marketing. Like just like, Crazy stuff, right? But I suppose like if 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 your kid, you know, teenage kids, that's you know, I'm sure a large percentage of them play those games. Mm -hmm. So that that's literally marketing in the next generation of how and where they're gonna buy. And now they're thinking Starbucks, Starbucks, Starbucks every time they log in. So fascinating. Yeah.
0: Well, I just want to say, and one person might say that there's no money, there's no cash, but it's not so much about the cash as, as much as it's about what people value. What you value has value, right, and so it, it's yep. fascinating to try and let your brain go a little bit of the well there's no real dollar bills there it 's just a lightsaber or a digital Starbucks or whatever right, but if it has value, it has value, and yep. so it's it's interesting how this is shifting a little bit visa
2: visa um... Back in all well, this was a year ago actually, Visa paid hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a digital piece of artwork that's that's a, an NFT electronic. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing large corporations to dance point buy land within the metaverse. Um and actually you're you're seeing Microsoft uh building out a meeting space in the metaverse where we can all have avatars and and meet that way. And um I'm a crypto nerd, I guess you would think <laughs> and and it even it's even odd to me to think about some of the stuff um so it's even even those of us that that are crypto nerds or, or are in crypto um there's still stuff that confuses or is beyond me that I think is coming for sure
0: right, yeah, it's an emerging space for sure, and to your guys's point folks folks definitely can be cautious you know and we've used the word volatility a few times. And I think anyone who's going into the space thinking, I'm gonna do cryptocurrency and turn it into dollars and then make big gifts to nonprofits or whatever, it's its a space for caution, but it is fascinating. Well,
2: and, and I would tell anybody, and this is not financial advice, uh, <laughs> my, my personal opinion only, you know, if you think about it, I got into crypto in 2016. I put, a, to me, a significant chunk of money into Ethereum at the time, and it was 6 $7 a share, and there's been a lot of volatility, but even today at Ethereum's $1,300 a share, um, it was $4,000 a share a year ago in May, but even then, to go from $6 to 1300
0: right,
2: there's still nothing that I could've put my money in and saw that kind of return, even with the volatility in there. Right. Um, Bitcoin, there was a report that came out a week and a half ago. Um, Bitcoin's annual returns been three percent every other and it put Bitcoin against I think twenty other investments. So sure. REITs, uh equities, real estate, all these other things. And Bitcoin was the only one that was positive since January. And so Interesting. yes, there's a lot of volatility, yes, it's brand new and uncertain, but in the 90s, if I would have told you you could own a share of the internet, looking back, would you have said yes in the 90s today? Right. Absolutely, you would have.
0: Yep. Yeah, so, absolutely, for sure. That's my take sure. on it. Who, who, can you guys give me a little insight? Who's using crypto? Like, who, who, who's, who's buying it, you know, and keeping it and trading it, etc.? Are, are there ages, genders, no. any data like that that you guys are aware so, of?
2: So here's, you know, locally, here's what I'll tell you. I got people like myself, like Dan. Then I have people that are four years from retirement and are executive director CEOs of large companies to 15-year-olds to 20-year-olds. I think through my consulting company, that's what fascinated me the most. Um, Some of the people that I've gotten in front of or have helped get into cryptocurrency or that are putting the largest amount of money in are people that would be my dad's age that I would have never have guessed. And so for me, anyway, I don't think there's a, a one size fits all.
0: Okay. All right.
2: A couple of years ago, I would say there was though.
0: Sure. But now we're seeing it. people from all sorts of demographics in your experience are, are getting into crypto, if we wanted to say it that way. Yeah. Dan, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree from, a you know, from a financial advisor position sitting across the table, it's, I think, like I said, 90% of people are just interested in it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and maybe they dabble in it, and maybe they move in a little heavier, and maybe they stay away, but the, I think most of them are interested, and to, you know, not to go down the rabbit hole too far, but what they look at their 401k statements that's invested in mutual funds and they can see it drop 24%, you know, what, what is the intrinsic value? And I think a lot of them are going, Holy smokes, like, you know, at least I want to diversify a little bit into something that has a little more potential. Hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, people that have some money are are typically more interested, but you know, even if you're younger and in college or high school, and I think, I think that demographic should make themselves, you know, and if your parents with those age kids, like, like, don't, don't close, don't close your mind off too much because you, you might be to, to Chase's point, 10, I don't think we're 20 years away. I think five to 10 years from now, I think whether you like it, hate it, scared of it or whatever, you're going to be participating in it right. because like Chase is in the banking industry. Like Chase, Banks are frantically getting ready for this stuff. Right. Why? Right. It's coming. Right. Sure. And and so I think people I think that's why there's such an interest. But, you know, even the people on the sideline going, oh, I don't understand. Well, if you wait Mm -hmm. to understand it before you do anything, you're going to be missing a few things. Right. So sometimes you have to just um, force yourself to learn and be open, I think. And so. Yeah, I don't know if that answers the question completely. I think there's a wide range of people, but right. I just I just think, you know, unless you're sitting off really well with a lot of safety in your finances, you might you might wanna, you know you might wanna give yourself permission to at least continue to learn this stuff because I don't I don't think I don't think you're gonna live out the rest of your life without having to integrate somehow in 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 this space. Sure. Good I think, point. I think yeah,
2: I think the other thing, Carl, is you know, we're talking from an investment standpoint, but then you have, you know, you have, for example, the owner of the New York Stock Exchange spent the last few years through a subsidiary called and ICE that um, I believe was running the Stock Exchange completely on top of the Ethereum blockchain, right? You have Visa who settled their first transaction on the Ethereum blockchain a year ago, MasterCard as well, and so you have Companies investing heavily in the infrastructure, on one side, you have companies building DApps or decentralized applications on top of it. You have companies putting Bitcoin on their balance sheet to hedge inflation. You have other companies building NFTs and games. Um, it really depends the scope when you sure. ask the who, right? Right.
1: Yeah, I got a I got a business partner who owns a ton of real estate and he's like he posts he's a he's a pretty big influencer. He posts all the time picking on Bitcoin, you bitcoiners and you know, your gamblers. And I chuckle because I mean he then he calls me and consults with me about my thoughts and I'm like, I get it. Real estate's phenomenal, right? Like to Chase's point in the you know I got in in nineteen, I was lucky enough to ride up some. I was lucky enough to take some out. I wish I would have taken more out right and i and then I wrote it down seventy percent as well. But like you shouldn't be afraid of any asset class. you should inform yourself of an asset class and use it, right? Real sure. estate's good, you know cash is good, stocks are good, they' all have a place, including crypto, I think um but to his point, and I'm like. You know, and we were on the call just last week and he was he was like, oh, how's your crypto doing? Because he's got to jab it a little bit. Right. Because it's down. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's it's good. I said. And then we, we, we always talk about it. I'm like, I know you hate crypto, but, you know, five years from now, half or more of your tenants are going to be paying you in crypto. Hmm. So what do you I mean, what are you going to do then? You just, I mean, that's fine. You're just going to convert it to cash. But look at these other countries that ran through the hyperinflation and now nobody wants the cash. Right, right. So you, to that point, and he goes, "Oh, good point, good point." So it's like I don't think our standard processes are going to go away. It's just going to be using crypto in some capacity. Sure. So with in that digital sure, dollar, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and back to the digital dollar, like, how do most do most people carry around wads of cash these days, or they got a card right. that transfers electronic payments? Right. Absolutely. So, for sure. Yeah.
0: You know, and this, so this is kind of pointing my brain in a, in a direction I wanted to take us about folks donating cryptocurrencies uh, to nonprofits because yeah, a lot of our listeners are working in legacy gifts. And so folks might say, well, I, you know, I've got this cryptocurrency, I'd like to donate it, or I'd like to make it part of my estate plan. So curious about your guys' experience or anything you've heard. Uh, you know, in that realm, about how folks do that, or yeah, so maybe it, we'll just start there.
2: Basically, the the nonprofit would need to have a policy on accepting donations and digital asset donations. Right. Right. Um, they would set up a wallet through any of the major cryptocurrency companies: Coinbase, Gemini, sure. uh, Binance. Um, and they, through that, they actually have a nonprofit. Uh, registration, and then they the, the donor would set to transfer that into their crypto account, right okay. um, tied back to their policy, they could either either liquidate or hold it, but uh, the receiving nonprofit or receiving party would value that donation as of the date it's received and the value it's re- received okay. at as of
0: today. okay. so, yeah, so we're going to circle back around to those gift acceptance policies. And a lot of folks are really uh, familiar with those. Curious, uh, in my research, I've come across a lot of third party folks, every.org, a few others uh, that escape my mind at the moment. But uh, so these folks like these folks hold the wallets, these folks. uh, So you get online, go to our website, want to donate crypto, going to take you to a link there, put it in. They're going to take it. They're going to receipt the donor. They're going to deal with compliance. They're going to liquidate it according to the gift acceptance policy, and then transfer that cash to the nonprofit. Is is this, to us that those sounds like great solutions to us? Curious yeah. what you guys think of those.
2: I, I think it's like anything. You need to do your due diligence and ensure it's a reputable company. Right. If it were me. I'd want, and again, I'm a crypto nerd, so I'm, right. I'm probably a little different. I'd want control of those funds, and I'd want, I'd want to be able to manage that. Uh, but for a nonprofit who's not familiar, if you feel confident in the company you're working with, they're obviously going to take a fee. Right. Um, so sure, go that route. Uh, we have a solution that's not crypto based today, but it's called NetGiver. Um, where there's no fee and it allows the uh, receiving nonprofit to get a hundred percent of the donation. I could see maybe that going down the crypto road at some point, but yeah, I think it depends on the person.
0: Right. Yeah. And every organization's going to be, you know, a little different, right. With every, I think some of our organizations would say to have a crypto wallet and to have to maintain it in compliance, uh, is one of these things that they're thinking it's just easier for us to let someone else manage all that. Most of the folks that I, that we work with also most nonprofits have what you might call liquidation policy, whether it's stocks or whatever, if it comes in, it's liquidated, it's turned to cash, it's brought into the general fund, you know, as quickly as possible, you know, et cetera. So.
1: Yeah. I'll just speak more of the process and the little bit of research I was trying to do and a few phone calls I made, you know, so to, to the benefit, when you donate, you know, the, let's say you donate $100,000 of Bitcoin, right? So I get, as a donor, I would get that $100,000 deduction right off to the charity. And I would just say, make sure if you wanted to donate that asset, transfer it to Chase's point to you first. Transfer it to the nonprofit. And then all the capital gains, you don't have a bill on that. Right, me. I won't have, but let's say I, I sell and turn it to cash, right? And my cost basis was sixty thousand. Well, now I'm gonna have a a forty thousand dollar capital gain, right? And so the that right. might be eighty thousand donated to you, right? So just the order of operations, transfer in right. kind. And you know, as far as the nonprofits, I just think the board has to decide if they can hold it or not, versus liquidating. And the benefit I would say of holding it. Is all of the appreciation they get once it's transferred over. Yes, it's volatile. And I know that I, I understand the reasoning to liquidate to you know to make it as safe as possible. But if I would say if I was on the board, I would encourage them if they don't need the immediate use of the funds, don't liquidate them because to Chase's point, 10 years from now, that Bitcoin's probably going to be higher. Right. And so it once it's in the non- from my knowledge, like check on this, but like 501Cs and all that, if it goes from a hundred thousand to a million over 10 years, right? They don't have to pay any taxes either. So I would say that's kind of the order of operations transfer in kind, obviously the nonprofit, if they sell, they don't have to pay taxes on it and then you still get the write-off as a donor. So I don't know right. if that was helpful or not, but yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think there's still a fair amount of discussion and, and, I think, uh, to be honest, it would depend on, might even depend on which attorney you talk to. But, you know, we have this thing, uh, any gift, I think it's over $5,000. Uh, certain kinds of gifts have to have qualified appraisals. Well, there's an exemption for stocks, you know, equities, et cetera, that are donated. But they're not sure whether or not cryptocurrency falls into that exemption. And if that is the case, then if someone were to say, well, I want to donate $4,999, great. If you want to donate 5001 now we might actually have to have an official appraiser actually, you know, substantiate that that, that, that cryptocurrency was in fact worth uh, the value that's being claimed on. And again, these are IRS things, right? If someone donates something to your organization, you know, over $5,000, a lot of times they have to have appraisal, property, etc. cetera. So the debate, is cryptocurrency a stock or is it property? You know, if someone were to donate five thousand dollars in gold coins to your organization, it requires an appraisal, et cetera. So it's these are interesting things that I think most nonprofits are swirling around and trying to get all their gift acceptance policies and and ducks in a row. You know, how are we going to treat this, and how are we going to make sure that we stay, um, so to say, compliant with the IRS and our auditors and all those folks? Because it's
2: a public blockchain, couldn't the nonprofit take a um as of the date of the receiving it right so if it came in today as of the end of your business day take a poll from three of the major exchanges in value based on that i because here's here's the issue i think a little bit right so there's a bunch of regulation that's actually being moved through our, our political body if you will Um, And I'm hopeful we'll actually see general regulation, Q1 of next year with crypto. Sure. Um, But the SEC, for example, has claimed Bitcoin is not a security. Uh, It's a commodity. And so um, it, it doesn't fall under if you receive stocks, for example. However, being that it trades... Like a commodity or a stock, I don't think that if it again, and I'm not an attorney. This is just, right. my,
0: opinion. <laughs> just are, my opinion. These are musings here, yeah.
2: Just my opinion. I don't see how it would be reasonable to say you need to have an appraiser come in and and value something that trades where you can easily. This exchange values it just like this exchange, right. just like a stock. Now, there may be some variation. That's why I'd pull in three and come up with an average value. Right. Um, but I just don't think it, if, if you ended up in court, I don't see any reasonable person saying you needed an appraisal on Bitcoin.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, that reasonable person has to be the IRS, <laughs> right? right? Which is always complicated. And you guys are right. We're, a lot of us in the nonprofit space are looking for this clarity from the irs you know as this move forward uh a treat a cryptocurrency gift as a gift of as a gift of stock or treat it as a gift of tangible personal property or you know whatever it might be and and so you know we know those things are probably going to shift as it works its way through maybe through congress or through legislation or through you know whatever sorts of you know, regulation we need to, but we're hoping that you get to the place where it's much more clear and then nonprofits kind of have a clear, you know, course of action. I mean, one of my questions would be, who would I go to, to get a gift? Who, who would give you, an, who gives the appraisal? Like, where would we even go for that currently if they say, well, it's got to have an appraisal. Well, who appraises it, right? And where would we go for that? So it's kind of interesting yeah
1: yeah before before because i don't know if i have an answer for who to appraise it but to chase's point like the reason we got to appraise gold isn't because anybody's questioning the price of true gold a lot of times it's it's you know it's it's looking at the quality of the gold right and you know if you if you donate a business there's a thousand different ways to value the business so we have to have third parties give their opinion of the value, right? And in the same with with you know real estate, you know, the value in real estate is what somebody's gonna buy for it. Right. So to his point with crypto, like crypto, you know, I was over at Chase's house last week and we were scrambling around trying to find my one something we were missing. And he's like, well, everything's trackable exactly to the date <laughs> the second. So we're right. clicking through, and it pulls up exactly where I sent it, when I sent it, and the value. And you can then look up and go, oh, well, you know, Bitcoin on, you know, September 20th was this value. So I I, I think, you know, my, if we're throwing opinions out, I think it's really easy to donate because it's it's it takes a lot of the subjectivity out of it um, because it's so, you know, versus oh, you know, I think my property is worth a million and the appraiser says 600,000, right? There's a lot of, you know, you almost got to just agree to disagree and, and make the donation and stuff. So there, it, I don't know. I don't know. To, and into your question about who would appraise it, I'm not sure, but I just don't think there's a huge need because it's literally click, click, click. Okay, it's worth this much on this date. There's your number. Right. And I don't Yeah. It's the
2: same reason you wouldn't hire an appraiser to value the Apple shares I donated. Right. You know what I mean? You go out to the exchange as of today and its share price is X. Um, You know, Carl couldn't say, well, Bitcoin's trading at 18,000 and Chase is only gonna pay you 12,000 for it. Well, if that's the case, the, the market price is actually going to come down Just like you have in stocks or commodities, you have a bid and an ask price, and when they meet, that's what sets the price. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I just, yeah. But we can speculate all we want until you have clarity. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I understand it. Um, I just think if I was on the board of a nonprofit and somebody said I wanna donate $100,000 in Bitcoin, you're gonna, I would hope, take the Bitcoin and not wait for clarity.
0: Yeah, and I would encourage folks listening even now, you know, there's obviously there's three groups of folks you want to talk to here. Uh, There's your board, for sure. you got a board of trustees. They need to be in the conversation. You also have your own attorneys, and you've got your auditors. And these are the folks, really, that these nonprofits answer to at the end of the day. And we often circle around to the auditors and say, hey, well, we're trying to set a policy here, but we're curious. How are you guys going to see this at the end of the year? Now, a lot of times those folks are the ones that can really be key in setting your policy for now. Like they might say, well, we're going to need it to be this, this, and this. And as much as we might want to say, well, boy, you know, it's a $10,000 if your auditors say anything over 5000 is going to need an audit. Well, for now, that's where we've got to be or, you know, your attorneys or whatever. So like you guys say, you just encourage people to really be diligent in tracking all this down, but not to be afraid of it. But, boy, yeah. you know it's definitely something that you want to be mindful of, be ready for, whether you get your own wallet going, whether you use a third party, get your gift acceptance policy in place, talk to your attorneys, talk to your auditors, find out what the best system or policies procedures are going to be for your organization, and be ready because, Dan, good point, what if someone comes in the door tomorrow and says, "Hey, boy, I got a hundred thousand dollars in cryptocurrency, and I'd like to donate it and can you guys accept that? Well, that's not the moment where you want to go. Oh, um, uh, let me call Chase, right? You it, you want to have those ducks in a row? And be ready to say, sure. That means A, B, and C from our end, right? Or and,
1: yes, we'll accept it, liquidate it first, and send us the cash. Boom! Now you just hurt your donor, right? Yeah. Um,
0: hopefully, most of us are uh, have that those things figured out already. Yeah. But, yeah, for but sure. to
1: that point, you know, maybe that's a question when you're hiring or bringing on new board members, like what's your crypto knowledge, right? Like, you know, Chase, if you were going to donate money to me right now, I would say, you know, donate it to me and I'm going to hold it. Cause we're kind of in a little bit of a dip, right? If you, if you wanted to donate to me last, you know, March, I would say donate it and I would probably liquidate it. <laughs> right. So just having a little bit of knowledge of the trends, you know, could be huge for the organization. Right. If Chase donated 100 to me in March and now it's worth 34. Right. That kind of that hurts a little bit. So right. anyway, maybe maybe encouraging board members for nonprofits to educate themselves. But also when you bring on your next person, learn a little bit, because I think it's I think crypto's here to stay and and it's probably probably a good everybody's asking the questions.
0: Right, yeah, and good conversation. I think we've raised lots of good points today, lots of things for nonprofits to be aware of, still questions to be asked, definitely policies to be put in place. Uh, I appreciate your guys' time and appreciate all the, the information and insight, man.
2: I, I just want to throw one plug. If anybody listening, um, you know, wants somebody to come in and speak or wants further information, MN Crypto Council, It's uh, Dan and I are both part of it's what we do. And we're trying to educate the community and really a grassroots movement um, in trying to be a leading community within the state around this stuff. So thank you for for having me on today, Carl. Yeah, thanks you guys.
0: Appreciate it. And uh, again, thanks so much. Uh, Thanks everybody for tuning in and for listening. Uh, share us out, like us, etc. wherever get you get your podcasts at. And uh, you'll be able to see everybody's bios on the podcast website. Maybe get a few links. Maybe we'll put a link to that crypto council in there, Chase, if you want to send that to me. And uh, again, guys, thanks for being on board. Really appreciate it. And uh, maybe we'll do it again in another uh, another five years. We'll have a whole lot more to talk about when we talk crypto, <laughs> right? Maybe even only a year, right? We'll do it in 12 months and see what's changed. So thanks again, guys. Thank you.